Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Today, rather than a kind of normal message, what I wanted to share was a little bit of a prophetic journey that I've been on with the Lord, and I think it might apply to you guys some. Now, just to very quickly uh, catch up anyone who has not been with us before, uh, my name is Blake, and a big part of my testimony is that I've been uh, seeing in the Spirit for as long as I can remember. Uh, so since I was a little kid, I've seen angels, demons, and other spiritual things, uh, not so differently from the way that I would be seeing you if you were here with me right now. And um, just a little bit of background, when I was, when I was younger, I, you know, when I was a little kid, I didn't uh, really know that what I had was a gift. It wasn't until I was 12 years old and started going to a church that was really active about training people in the gifts of the Spirit. So when I started doing that, learning about the prophetic and other gifts of the Spirit, I remember I would try to practice with seeing the Spirit. I would, uh, during a church service, I'd sit in the back of the room and try to look and see what was going on in the spirit realm. Uh, during worship, I would see what the angels were doing. I would, uh, when people were praying, I would try to see what the angels were doing. When people were preaching, I would see what the Lord was doing with people in the room. Now, as I watched, I was most attracted to what was, what was going on kind of interpersonally with people. I really cared about how, how worship was affecting an individual, how God's presence was touching someone's heart. So I really like to look for those things. I like seeing what happened when people gathered in fellowship together and what kind of aspects of God's presence would show up in those kinds of environments. And so that was the thing I was normally attracted to looking for. Now, as I was practicing, I quickly learned that I could kind of see things in layers. So I could focus on what was going on with an individual and see what was going on with them. Or I could focus on what's going on in a whole room, like a, like a whole worship service like we had just a few minutes ago. Um, in fact, just kind of as a fun thing, uh, I was here over there somewhere uh, listening to worship just a few minutes ago. And one thing I've noticed during this whole kind of weird COVID time is there's just been a lot more spiritual activity everywhere, and every, both good things and bad things. But I've noticed that any time we gather together, whether it's digitally or in person, I just see the presence of God pour down. And today it just looked like this big golden waterfall that was just pouring down on top of the band. And then another thing happened, which has been happening anytime any of us gather together to worship, again, whether it's online or not, um, I saw these angels kind of fly through this, this falling waterfall and they were shooting out in all these different directions. And anywhere that they went, they, left the, they kind of carved this path of God's presence wherever they went. And again, this is as a side note, I feel like right now, us gathering and worshiping, us gathering in our hearts and, and worshiping is one of the mo- has one of the most profound effects on the environment that we're in. And so that's kind of an example of like a corporate thing that has to do with what we're doing all together. So I could look at the individual level, I could look at the corporate level, but I could also kind of look bigger and see what was going on nationally and internationally and all that. Now, that was stuff that I wasn't necessarily... Oh, I'm going to be adjusted. My ear is being fixed. Thank you. I hope that's better for you guys. I have a scratchy beard. I'm guessing that was the problem. Um, So normally, I would be mostly focused on what was going on personally, on the small scale. That was what I was naturally drawn to. But every now and again, I would feel the Lord asking me to look for what's going on on the bigger scale. 
Well, a couple of months, or I guess a couple of weeks ago now, it's hard to tell in this recent time frame, I was just kind of sitting and resting in God's presence, and I heard him say, why haven't you tried to see what's going on corporately over, over your city? And, you know, it's been kind of a hard time lately. It's been a challenging time for, for our city and I think for the nation as a whole. And I was kind of nervous. I didn't want to see what was going on. Again, I, even though I know that God had good things to say about that, I just like to be more focused on what's going on individually, what's going on with specific people, what's going on on that level, because I, I guess I feel like I could have an effect there. But I could feel the Holy Spirit asking me, so I thought, okay, I'll see what's going on. And so I walked out, and I just looked in the direction of Atlanta, and this is what I saw. <clears throat> so I saw two demons, two really big demons. They were like principalities. And one was standing kind of higher, and one was standing lower. The one that was standing higher was holding a sword. The one that was standing lower was holding a shield. Now, in between these two principalities was an angel. It was a big, uh, awesome angel with this just bright, intricate armor. And it was holding a uh, flag in its hand, and it was desperately trying to kind of plant this flag in the ground while kind of fending off these two demons. Now, the one demon was holding its shield to kind of push against the back of, of this angel, and the other one had its sword. It was trying to come down and look for its opportunity to try to stab this uh, angel. And the angel's other hand, it had a spear where it was kind of looking for its moment to get, get rid of this demon. Now, stick with me here, and let me get to the end of the story before you think too much. But I looked at this principality, and one of the principalities over the front of its forehead had the word Republican written over it. The other demon had the word Democrat written on its forehead. I'm like, uh, what does that mean? Well, then I looked closer, and I saw the demon that had the word Democrat written over its forehead had the word Republican right on the back of its head, and the demon that had... Well, you get the idea of reverse. I can't think of that clearly right now. And so I was like, ah, uh, what does this mean? This stresses me out. What should I do about this? And I stopped looking. <laughs> now, I, I had a few guesses as to what that meant, that there's like, you know, this plan that the enemy has to try to create division, disconnection, you know, all those things. And, okay, God's trying to release his purposes, and these two things are trying to attack and defend and do all this, this whole thing. But I didn't know what to do with that. It just felt like... A lot. And so some time went by and I processed it and I shared it with a few of our team here and kind of got some of their thoughts. And then very recently the Lord said, well, why don't you look again? And I said, because that was stressful and I don't want to do that again. Um, and he said, why don't you look again? And so I looked again and I saw the exact same thing. And he said, no, look bigger. And so I looked bigger and I saw a vision in my mind of the exact same scene, but it was over the entire United States. These two large demons and this one large angel. Now, the, it was pretty much identical, except for one difference. Instead of just saying Democrat here and Republican here and vice versa, there were dozens and dozens of words spinning around these demons' heads that kind of formed this, this crown, this swirling sort of crown. And it included the word Democrat and Republican. It also included being together and social distancing. It also included mask no mask. In fact, no mask was in all caps for whatever reason. Um, it said black and it said white. It said young and it said old. 
It said future and it said past. It said all of these words over and over and over. And even though there was so much more going on with all the words, I felt this sense of peace and it was the, I could feel it was the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I said, Lord, what is this? And I heard him say, it's just a spirit of division. It's just a spirit of division. So I, I want to take you just a little bit of a, more of a picture here so we can kind of understand how some of this works. Um, let, me, let me share this one other story for you because, you know, when I see something like that, again, and part of the thing that has stressed me out in the past, and one of the reasons I like to focus on the small, is, okay, that, it doesn't necessarily take a rocket science to figure that out, um, or a rocket scientist for that matter. Um, but it's, uh, but what do you do about that? How do, how do I have any kind of effect in that? I could wave my hands and say, hey, spirit of division, look out, you know. But uh, for a moment, I want to talk a little bit about how we displace principalities and just give you a small framework for that. And so to, to help you understand that, I want to share one more story. So I was in Germany a number of years ago, and I was visiting a church in the city of Dresden. Now, just a really brief history of the city of Dresden, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, and you should definitely visit it. But also, um, it was uh, firebombed during World War II and completely leveled. Uh, just about every building crumbled to the ground. It's been rebuilt since, which is awesome. But um, it was completely leveled. Now, I don't have time to get into the whole story. It's an interesting one if you want to read into it. But um, Dresden was not necessarily viewed as a, um, a, a tactically advantageous city. Like, it wasn't a big, strong military target. Now, the, the Germans had recently attacked uh, a British city that wasn't necessarily considered a, a military target, and some people speculated that this was an act of revenge. A, well, you attacked one of our civilian cities, so we're going to attack and destroy one of your civilian cities. Uh, historians have a lot of debates about this kind of thing, but that was a lot of the opinion at the time. And so, anyway, it was a really horrible event. A lot of civilians died, and the whole city, this beautiful city, burned to the ground. And... And they had since rebuilt it, which is just really beautiful. Um, but I, uh, I was walking through on a tour, and the, the pastor there was kind of giving me a bit of a story of the history and showing me all the buildings and everything. And we got to this church that was at the center square of Dresden, this big, beautiful church. And as soon as we rounded the corner, I saw this huge angel and this huge principality, this huge demon, in this battle with one another. And this battle was happening in extreme slow motion. It was happening so slow that uh, one, of, one of the angel's hands was only moving uh, millimeters over several minutes, like very, very, very slow. And I asked the Holy Spirit what that meant, and I just heard him say, this is, this is a battle that's been going on for a long period of time. This is, this is representative of something that's been happening over a long period. And I noticed right away that the angel didn't look very well equipped. It was just kind of in this like uh, light sort of tunic thing around its waist and didn't have any other armor or anything except for this, this big glowing sword, this big strong, uh, it was actually this blue metal sword that it was holding and it was kind of holding it up towards the demon like it was going to come get it. And... That, that sword stood out to me. It looked like it, it was almost out of place with the rest of the way the um, angel looked. And just then, the um, pastor started sharing a story where when they finally rebuilt the church, some of the pilots, uh, and the, uh, rather the sons of the pilots, came to Germany when they were uh, recommemorating that church there and actually donated some of the, some of the bells from the church there to 
um, to the, the church that had been rebuilt. Uh, in fact, they donated bells from the city that had been destroyed by the Germans that maybe uh, Dresden had been destroyed in retaliation for as this act of reconciliation and forgiveness. And I saw a vision of that day of all the people gathered at that ceremony and I saw that sword in the middle of this ceremony about restoration, about forgiveness, appear as a sword in the hand of that angel. And immediately I just heard the Holy Spirit say, forgiveness is a weapon. Forgiveness is a weapon. Now we gotta uh, think a little bit clearly here. I'm not saying that, well, forgiveness is what gets rid of principalities. That's not exactly it. What gets rid of principalities is the presence of the kingdom of God. When the kingdom of God is released on the earth, it displaces any kingdom that would stand against it. When we release the kingdom of God on the earth, any kingdom that would come against it, any kingdom that is antithetical to it is displaced because wherever light is, darkness cannot be. That's just how it works. Um, and we need to understand this principle well because it can be easy, and maybe you're like me, or maybe you know, your personality is a little bit more gung-ho, raw, let's take this thing down. You know, I, I, tend to think, I, I tend to get in this state of like, oh, what do I do? How do I have any, any kind of effect, and what should I do? And in the middle of looking at this spirit of division, I just immediately heard the Lord start to give me some instructions. Now, um, these were for me, and I hope maybe some of them apply to you. But one, one thing I do want to make uh, very, very clear is um, this is true of anything demonic, but it's especially true of a spirit of division. A spirit of division doesn't care what you're divided about. It doesn't care what principle you're standing for. It doesn't care about whether you're right or wrong. It only cares that love cannot pass between people. That is the entire objective of a spirit of division, is to prevent love from passing between people. And so I do know that one way to overcome a spirit of division is to make sure the transaction of love never stops between us and other people. If we can maintain that, we will never be doing anything that is uh, useful to a spirit of division. And we'll be doing things that are very useful to God. That's just a side note. But um, so I was, you know, sitting here thinking, like, okay, back in that Germany story, it was, you know, got to release forgiveness. All right, that's great. What what do we need to release now? What do we need to give right now? And at first, I heard the Holy Spirit correct me on three things. And again, maybe these will apply to you. Maybe they won't. But first, He said, "Move at the speed of wisdom." And you know, as soon as, anytime any situation comes up, whether it's something tragic happening or someone reacting to something tragic happening or someone having a really strong opinion, I'm being vague because there's so many of these, I don't even know when to, you know, keep up with it. But I feel this need to say, to respond, to do something. And I've realized that even though we don't want to be quiet, even though we don't want to hide and we don't want to uh, partner with fear masquerading as wisdom and just kind of retreat in the background. We also want to make sure that we're moving at the speed of wisdom. And wisdom is often slower than we want to be. Wisdom has its own pace. We need to wait upon the Lord. And this is, again, this is what I felt the invitation for me is wait until I give you what you need. Wait until I give you the pieces that you need to respond, to release. You know, again, we live in a world where I have a phone where I can say 15 things before I think. I can say 15 things to 15 million people before having a thought. And that's tricky. That's, that's a challenge. But it's, 
I don't think it's a bad thing. It is just something that we have to be responsible for. And so for me, I felt the invitation from the Lord, move at the speed of wisdom. Move at the speed of wisdom, and then you'll get to release a spirit of wisdom wherever you go and wherever you share. The next one, and this one kind of punched me in the gut. I don't know if it's going to hit you guys the same way, but man, this one got me right in the stomach. Uh, He said, stop trying to be an influencer and start being an example. And I, whoa, that's how I felt. Uh, I... Again, I, I have a platform. I'm standing on it right now, talking to you. I, I get to talk to people, and people want to hear what I have to say about certain things, and that's, that's great. I, and, I, and I am very grateful for the influence that I have. But one thing the Lord's been talking to me about is that there are certain people that don't want to be influenced by me, and that's okay. There are some people who hear that I see angels and don't want to be influenced by me at all. They want to go hide somewhere else and be far away from me, which that's fine. I understand. Um, There are some people who hear that I'm a Christian and don't want to be influenced by me. There's some people who hear that I'm 36 years old, I think, or 35. I don't remember. Uh, 34. I'm 34. Wait. Oh, gosh. This is embarrassing. Everyone out there, the crew, they're laughing at me, just so you know. (laughs) My wife is probably laughing at me somewhere else, too. Anyway, I'm relatively young to have such memory problems. Um, But some people will hear that and say, I don't want to be influenced by this person. If I'm Feeling, if I feel that my goal is to influence, then I'll try to push, I'll try to grind, I'll try to justify, I will try to do things to get my influence at you, which is almost certainly going to scare you away more and make you feel attacked more and make you resistant to whatever thing I have to say, no matter how good it is. If instead I want to be an example of God's kingdom on the earth, if I want to be an example of what it looks like to carry God's kingdom as someone who sees in the spirit, to carry God's kingdom as a 34 to 36 year old, to carry God's kingdom as a father, as a man, as a husband, as a Christian, all these things, if instead I posture myself, this isn't really about, this doesn't necessarily change my actions all that much, but it does change my attitude to my goal is to be an example. I find that when I do that, people who might have been resistant to the idea of someone who can see angels or that they could see angels themselves will suddenly have room in their heart when they see the manifestation of the kingdom in my life, the manifestation of the fruits of the spirit in my life. If I realize it's my job to be an example more than it is to be an influence, I suddenly feel less responsible for the people around me and way more responsible for myself which to me probably puts us in the right spot. And so again, these are just the things that the Lord said to me. The last thing that he said was pray in the spirit, period. Pray in the spirit. I want to share a scripture with you real quick. Uh, This is, you know, again, one of the classic scriptures on spiritual warfare. I'm just going to hop through it for a second. We're very familiar, but it's uh, it's Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10 to really to the end, but... Um, again, this is the famous, you know, armor of God scripture. Verse 10 is finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's probably a good thing to remember, uh, all the time, but now especially, um, it goes into the armor of God. We could do a whole teaching on this right now, but let's, let's just move forward. At the very end, verse 18, 
It says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. When we pray in the spirit, I, it's funny. Um, I think praying in the spirit is maybe even broader than just you know, praying in tongues or, or that, that aspect of it. But I remember when I was little and I was learning about praying in tongues and what that was, I, uh, me being the kind of logical person that I am, like, well, what's the point of that? Like, why speak in a language that I don't know? And I remember as a little kid, um, one, of the, one of the pastors, just one of the little you know, teachers at the, at the little church I was at, um, said, oh, when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays for the things that you don't know that you need and for the people that you don't know that you need to pray for. And I thought, oh, that's a really good thing. You know, I... Eh, I'll, I'll just share this. I, I, I was speaking with the Lord about this, and he was giving me these instructions. And, and th- when he gave me this one, pray in the spirit, he just, I just saw this vision of him resting his hand on the side of my head, the way that I do with my, my own son. And he said, remember how young you are. And it, the, what I was feeling at that moment is, you know, I want to feel responsible. I want to do the right thing. I want to pray the right thing. I want to declare the right thing. I want to stand for things that I should stand for. I want to I do all that stuff. And Maybe your process is different than mine, but I, I get all up in myself. My, my brain is ping-ponging around my head all the time thinking, should I say this? Should I say that? Should I say it this way? Should I say it that way? What's the right way? What's the right time? What's, how am I going to represent who you are the best? And for me, him saying that was not a, a condemnation thing. It was not a demeaning thing. It was a healthy reminder that he's a lot older than I am. And that I don't need to understand everything. I don't need to have everything figured out. I don't need to know how to say everything perfectly. And even if I don't know what to say at all, I can stand and I can pray in the Spirit. And whether I know it or not, whether I know what I'm doing or not, I can partner with his kingdom. I can fully trust him. That's um, just to rewind just for one second. That's, that's one thing that the Lord told me with regard to the influence thing. He said, you know, I thought, well, there's so many people that I want to be able to reach. And he, again, in that, he told me, I need you to trust me for the people that won't be influenced by you. I need you to trust me to send someone who will influence them. And again, when we pray in the spirit, we're taking the responsibility off of ourselves and placing it in his hands. The government is on his shoulders. The responsibility is on his shoulders. He is the carrier of the kingdom. And we are his children, his ambassadors, who are called to represent that kingdom. But the responsibility is on him. And so for our last couple of minutes, I'd love for all of you, wherever you're at, if you're in your living room, bathroom, uh, your library, whatever you got going on, uh, just stand up with me, if you would, wherever you are. I just want to take a moment to pray into the Spirit. Now, everyone does this a little bit differently. Uh, The way I like to do it is I just start praying in tongues. And then in the middle of me praying in tongues, sometimes an English sentence will, will occur to me, where a declaration, a statement, uh, something like that. And I'd encourage you, wherever you're at, with, with your kids or wherever, kids, you can do this too. They're really good at hearing the Holy Spirit. Um, just begin praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, inviting the presence of the Lord, and just start making declarations as they come to you. They may be things that you wouldn't have thought about before. They may be things that you uh, might not be an opinion or perspective that you have right now. But when we're partnering with heaven, we're trusting the Lord to guide us. We are recognizing that we are a big part of his plan, but his plan is bigger than us and bigger than our 
influence and bigger than our ability, talent, whatever else. So if you would, let's just stand and pray. We need to invite your presence here right now, Lord, into our homes, into our car, into our bathroom, into our uh, backyard, wherever we are right now. We invite your presence right now. We, we unite together wherever we are across, across all these different places right now. Yes, Lord, we just invite your spirit. We make ourselves humble in your presence, Lord. We make ourselves humble in your presence. Yes, Lord, we just make ourselves tender under your hands that you would guide us and shape us, Lord. That you would show us how far influence goes and how far it doesn't go right now. That you would teach us how to be an example of your kingdom and how to make that our main goal rather than trying to reach the most people or convert the most people to our ideas. That we would instead be examples of your kingdom, Lord. Right now, anyone who has picked up a false burden a, a, a out of a responsibility, out of passion, out of genuinely being called to an area of influence, any of us that have picked up a false burden, that we've carried responsibility that was meant to be shouldered by you and that it has crushed us or hurt us or caused us to, to deal with pains and emotion and, and a heartache that we're not ready to bear right now, we repent right now and we just hand those back to you and we trust you with them. We trust you with those issues that we care about. We trust you with those people that we care about. We cr trust you with, with those people groups, with those influencers, with those governments, government officials, any of these things that we have been caring. If we've been caring more than we are supposed to, Lord, we repent right now and we say we trust you to carry it. We trust you to carry it and we will partner with you. We will partner with you and we will follow your presence. Lord, I, I repent for, for partnering with a spirit of division. I repent for partnering with a spirit of division by being afraid that people are going to make wrong choices, afraid that, that people are going to think bad of me if I make this choice or I make that choice or I express this opinion or I express that opinion. I repent for any way I have blocked love being transferable between myself and other people. Yes, Lord. We dedicate ourselves to be united around your love, united around your presence, united by you, Lord. Not that we all have to agree perfectly or have the same opinion or have the same ideas or have, have the same idea about how to do things the best way or the right way, but united because we recognize that we are surrounded by sons and daughters of God, that we are surrounded by works of your, master works of your creation, that we are, we are surrounded by people that are carrying your breath the same way that we are. Teach us how to honor them, Lord. 
Teach us how to honor them all, whoever that they is for us, the people that we don't know how to honor, the people that we, even though we as Christians know that we're supposed to honor, that we don't know how, that we don't know how without, without letting go of truth or letting go of, uh, of a belief that we have. Teach us how to honor. Teach us how to, how to be an example. Teach us how to not be tempted to try to fight, to, to throw accusations, to, 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 to increase disconnection. Teach us instead how to live out of love and honor while not letting go of truth one little bit. That we release the truth again. We receive the truth that love and truth can be held both together. That they are not things that we have to trade in and out. That we can speak the truth, and speak it in, but speak it in love. Speak it in a way that invites people to a revelation rather than causing division. And we make ourselves humble in your presence and submit ourselves to your guidance. We choose to walk at the speed of wisdom, to wait for our Father to guide us. Yes, that doesn't mean you're going to give us exactly what we need to do. That might mean you just give us a question or give us a thought or tell us to just go for it. But we will wait for wisdom. We will wait for the spirit of wisdom and we will walk with wisdom so that we can release your kingdom wherever we go. I know this is a time of a lot of a lot of fear and a lot of questions and a lot of concern about which way is our country going in this, in that, and I know that everyone has a different direction that would be the bad one in their mind. Um but man, I can feel the weight of heaven pushing down through his people right now. This is, this is not things reveling apart. This is the last desperate cry of an enemy that has been defeated. This is the last desperate cry of an enemy who is losing his place, losing a foothold that he has had in certain areas of the world. This is the last scream of a dying enemy. And so I just released the truth that this, is the, that this is the time where the sons and daughters of God, God arise and shine. Arise and shine and shine brightly. Not by trying to knock others down, but by as shining examples of the glory of God. Shining examples of how everything that the world is crying out for right now can be found in the person of Jesus, in the kingdom that he brought with him. And that that kingdom is at hand right now, available right now through the millions and millions and millions of sons and daughters who have been growing and stewarding that kingdom all across the earth. I just release wisdom. I release revelation. I release identity. I, I just break the spirit of division that has caused us to run around like chickens with our head caught off, to, to, to get us desperate to try to fight our way out of something when instead we are called to rule and to reign, to release the kingdom of God. And I just release empowerment to every single son and daughter of God. And I release the truth that you will see his kingdom manifested in the areas that you are passionate to see it manifested that you will see the seeds planted there, that you will see the tree grow there, and you will see his righteousness covered, cover areas of injustice, areas of pain, and areas that have wandered away from his kingdom. You will see it in your lifetime. 
I release that comfort right now in Jesus' name. I release the comfort that comes in absolute trust. And I release the comfortable posture of being part of God's plan. It is not a panicked thing. It is, a, it is not a, oh no, I'm going to miss my opportunity. I'm going to say it the wrong way. It is I am resting in the comfort of his place and I am being the person he designed me to be. Nothing more and nothing less. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I just want to encourage you, church, wherever you are, pray in the Spirit. It realigns you. Pray in the Spirit. It blesses everyone around you. Pray in the Spirit. It equips you to be a blessing and equips you to equip others to release his kingdom wherever you go. All right. Thanks a bunch, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.